to the grotto. The festive season is here. <sighs> what a delight. Joy and gifts lavished upon the good. But what about those who've been bad? Deep beyond the North Pole, there lives a creature with horns like goats and teeth like bunnies. Every year he emerges to punish the misbehaved, bring hell to the unworthy. His name is the Krampus. In the previous episode of the podcast, I talked about how the joy sequence came to be as a whole and why the grotto came to exist in the first place. In this episode, I'm going to talk about how I made the grotto and what went wrong, the aftermath, and just talk about everything that went into it. The first thing that I needed to do was just confirm that my ambitions for this were not a pipe dream and that I could actually create a walkthrough scenario in the garage. So I examined the space, I measured it, I measured the walls and did some little sketches of layouts that I could do that would maximise the space. Next I made the pre-show. The pre-show was an animated video, it was meant to be like a, a child's drawing inspired rough projected video that told you the story of the Krampus before you then got up and walked through the experience of the Krampus. When I say experience of the Krampus, the, the attraction was very much an ambient walkthrough experience as opposed to a scare maze. It wasn't particularly scary. There were no jump scares. There were no actors inside because at that point, you know, it was my first one. I didn't have any people inside acting. It was a walkthrough of different sounds, different lightings, different atmospheres, smoky corridors, corridors with fans blowing bits of fabric at you. And it was very, very, very simple. And people, all of my family that came to it loved it because it's not like anything they'd experienced before. They don't go to scare attractions or theme parks, you know. So for them, this was amazing. It was the most hilarious, out of the ordinary experience. It made Christmas very different. They actually found it scary because they didn't really know what they were walking into. It was dark, it was it was foggy, there were scary sounds, that's enough to scare them. So it did the job really well. I think a lot of it as well was the build-up because I'd really presented it as this, like, like a polished attraction as opposed to, oh here's a room that I've decorated, go and walk into it. I created little tease videos to send out to them on Facebook groups that I made with all the family in it. So I created a build up, I had different different teasers videos saying eight days to go and then tomorrow and there was a lot of buzz about it because people didn't know what to expect because I really didn't give much away at all. I just said there would be a special attraction, the grotto, and I think a lot of people were probably expecting it to be like a nice thing, maybe a decorated room, but then the teaser videos were portrayed in quite a scary way. It was scary graphics, there was scary laughing sounds and you know, it was it made them feel like oh wait okay this isn't gonna be nice and this is adam we're talking about it's not gonna be nice and then when they got to the house they were all inside the back door was locked and then it, when it was time to unveil the attraction i let everyone walk outside together and form a line i'd created a queue accidentally really because originally i was gonna have a gazebo up at the door in front of the garage so you would walk into it and under it 
and your experience would sort of begin there. However, after constructing this gazebo, it was the one of the heaviest nights of wind the country has ever seen. The gazebo fell down, it crumbled to pieces, the bars snapped in half. So what I did was take the pieces of metal and stick them into the ground and line them with fairy lights to create a fence which was a queue line. Printed out little signs saying wait here, two people per entry. I'd hung a big tarpaulin in front of the door with a little slit through it that people had to walk into. The smoke was pouring out of it every time I opened the garage door. I had speakers in the grass, little Bluetooth speakers playing, playing the spooky music. So people were in the queue, people went in scared and came out laughing. And to me, that was absolute mission succeeded. When people came out of the attraction, I took a picture of them in front of it, which I printed and put into a um, branded photo book with grotto graphics on it and some facts about the attraction. Did you know? A total of 72 bin bags filled with sand were hung and stitched together to create the winding walls and corridors. 100 small candy canes and two jugs of fake snow were used on various parts of the floor. The Krampus is a real creature of European folklore and is celebrated most prominently in Germany. The music outside the grotto featured a selection of slowed down Christmas jingles. Let's see if you can guess what songs, what Christmas songs they are from. The Krampus head was created by artist and friend Charlie. This featured both digitally on the pre-show and physically on one of the walls, stuck on with two milk bottles and illuminated by a red backlight. That's very true because the mask that she made me was flat cardboard but also had horns that curled backwards so I needed it to be all away from the wall so that the horns could lie flat behind the head. And the only solution that I came up with that actually worked perfectly well was to get two cartons of milk, glue them onto the back of the mask and then stick the cartons onto the wall and it stuck out from the wall. You couldn't see the cartons because they were smaller and I managed to wrap a light around the cartons as well so you couldn't even see the lights. You could just see this head illuminating at you from, from beyond down the dark corridor. The entrance was originally going to be a gazebo However, this fell down. I've already told you this bit. I think one of the most wholesome and sweet moments of the whole thing was my granddad going in the attraction and coming out of it laughing and smiling because he's kind of old and I was kind of worried about him going in because I didn't want to be responsible for, you know, something bad happening. So... I kind of was like not sure if I actually wanted him to go in. I told everyone else in the family there to advise. They can go in first and then tell my granddad if they think it's appropriate for him to go in. Of course it is, in retrospect. But he went in, in a really good spirit. He went in really excited and he came out and he said, That was absolutely brilliant. You've done so well at doing that. And I just thought that was really lovely. A less wholesome moment, I suppose, would be when my cousin came out and burst into tears. Those tears were not of happiness or amusement, they were tears of fear, I think, or shock. However, as the attractions have gone on, she has come to all of them and 
she's getting braver and braver and these days she's the first one there to you know i want to go in first same thing with my mum actually as well my mum has always hated this kind of thing she's never liked the ghost train she's never liked scary movies when i first told her that i was doing this grotto and she knew that it was going to be of a scary twist she was a bit like oh for crying out loud why i don't want to go in it but bless her she's come to every single one of my attractions more than enthused and up for it and i think these days she's loving it and i think i'm kind of converting her actually but besides that, it was it was all of the the buzz and the feedback from everyone that came out of it. It was just really nice to see all this all these happy people. My vision came to life, and I wanted it to amuse and entertain people, and that's exactly what it did. One of the guests who came to the grotto, and someone I'm going to speak to now, is my dad. Hello, you're you're back on the podcast, the Whatcast. <laughs> the pod what? <laughs> the what cast. <laughs> Do you remember last time when you spoke to me about when the first time I saw a roller coaster? You were actually very popular with my listeners. How many listeners have you got? Like one. <laughs> <laughs> you were very popular, so I'm bringing you back on this week to talk about the grotto. Oh my god! If I'm on a pod, whatever it is, I need to get a wine. Hang on a sec. Well, I talk about it. <laughs> I, I think it sounds more like you're having a pee. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I should flush the toilet right now for some wine. <laughs> Can you not edit it out because I've poured my wine now? What bottle have you got? Well, it's a box with a tap. Box with a tap. <laughs> I think that is what my listeners would call amud. Have you, are you familiar with the, the, the phrase amud? What are you talking about? Unless you're talking about cows. What? I've no idea what you're talking about. It means it's like something that they like find like relatable or like something that they want to like do. Right. Right. Okay, anyway, so if you'd like to talk to me about your memories of the grotto and, you know, just basically your perception of the attraction that I made. What, you mean that day that you invited us all down to your house and marched us into your garden and made us queue up in line to watch several people stumbling in tears out of your garage? Do you mean that day? <laughs> the, day that, uh, the day that I don't think I'll ever get out of my memory. <laughs> Standing watching loved ones escaping from your garage like the devil was on the heels or something. <laughs> Some of them in tears. And that, and that was just me. <laughs> oh, you mean that thing that reminded me of that other thing at Alton Towers that made your mum cry? Nemesis Subterrane? <laughs> Nemesis Subterrane. Watching people burst out of there in tears was hilarious once you'd been through the fear of it yourself. And basically, watching people emerge from the grotto was <laughs> just the same it was good it was great it all comes down to the basics of what you're putting together which is the anticipation of the event the journey there couldn't wait to go the the videos that you sent around all the group like the day before and the week before saying so many days to go and it's tomorrow tiny little clips of like the krampus laughing evilly 
and Christmas presents being snatched off kids. It was like, can't wait for this. And we got there. The house was all dressed up and ready. The garden had like a queue line in it against the fence. No one really knew what to expect. And one by one, well, in pairs, you had people enter the garage. They were gone for like five minutes or something. There was all kind of noises, smoke coming out of the garage when the door opened. There was noises like it was a movie theatre. And there was like something blockbusterish going on inside. And then you'd hear silence and then a knock or a bang, a scream, laughter. And then eventually they'd come flying out in, in proper shock and like really loving it in varying degrees of fright, basically. Um, yeah, it was hilarious. You had like your poor old granddad down to your, your little niece, all ages, loved it. It was great. What and what did you what would you, what would you say you expected it to be when you when I first told you that you'd be coming to my house and there'd be a, a special attraction called the Grotto? Well, I was expecting a nice family get together, but what we actually got was the opposite, <laughs> <laughs> but in a good way. Darkness, claustrophobia, anticipation of fear and shocks. Uh, disorientation, flashing lights, not realising where you were, which is basically they were, you delivered all the things that I expected, except you delivered one extra thing that I don't think anybody expected. And everybody agreed that, okay, a bit like a ghost train, it's a small space, it's a simple enough route, but it was so disorientating that you lost track of time. And it really did feel like quite a long time you were in that that place even though you were watching people go in and then come out it was you know you knew how long it took to come out but once you were in there it seemed to last ages and even though they say time flies while you're having fun I was having fun, mm. but it didn't. It didn't fly. It stopped dead. That's a really interesting way to look at it. Actually, I suppose it it, it does. It, even though it's a very small space, and you know I can walk around it in twenty seconds <laughs> yeah. while I'm while I'm doing my thing, getting all the stuff up. But as a guest, with the lights the way they are, very dark, and with the smoke, and obviously not knowing yeah. what the route is and how big yeah. the space actually is, it yeah. feels much bigger and longer. So yeah, it's, it's cool. It's cool to know that you that you felt it was a long experience. Yeah, the the more twists and turns you put in there, and there's a heart, there's an arm coming out of a slit in one of the walls. There's a skeleton when you turn around a corner. There's a flashing light, something trailing on your head as you as you as you walk past. And there's bits where you say there's person in front, genuinely afraid of turning the corner, like your mum. She'd yeah. scurry, oh my god mum was so scared <laughs> well she'd scurry back from the corner so it actually took longer much longer than it takes to walk around because she ended up falling around the place in tears like laughing because it was just so ridiculously fun really and like i say even if your granddad is in his 80s and then you've got your nieces who are like under 10 they all enjoyed it the same way fell about in tears and I think that's they, that's one thing that I think is fantastic about it. It's that, as you say, people from the ages of 80 to 8 all enjoyed it in the same way. Yeah, they really did. They really did, which is evident from the video you put together of everyone's reaction. Yeah, I'm going to play some... I'm going to play some sound bites from the, what people said of the event yeah. now. Yeah. Oh my god! 
absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> it was really good. It was interesting. It's well put together. I really liked the video. I, I felt like going back in the theme park. Creepy. The video it was, was creepy. It, it you was... weren't sure what to expect. That's what I thought. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> I think that you are nuts, Adam. I don't know what people are expecting. I think the the rest of the family were expecting something quite nice and like you know, some sort of like decoration in the living room because <sighs> because my auntie did once she saw the teaser video, she did message me and she was like why has it got to be scary? <laughs> like, uh, you have no idea what I'm making. <laughs> well, listen, people might have thought that your house was done up for that one, but by the time your second attraction came, well, it's just been getting better and better and better. God knows what you're doing next. Uh, well, with press control, I did, yes, I'm going to speak about that in the next episode. Yeah, yeah gonna... but it just gets even more insane with each attraction. Yeah, I definitely I definitely make sure to top the previous one. I don't want, I want to, it to be clearly better. <laughs> That's, that's our goal anyway and you know what i mean I, I provided some of the voiceovers for some of your intro vids but i only knew what you needed me to know to do those recordings but i tell you what once i got there you changed my voice it didn't even sound like me you had spooky sounds behind it and music and thumping effects it didn't feel like i was listening to myself so it to be honest didn't take anything away from the attraction i'm gonna play the a little bit of like before and after what you what the original voice that you recorded is and then how i edited it after yeah do because you, you did it well with horns like a goat with horns like a goat with horns like a goat his list holds your fate his list holds your fate Welcome to the grotto 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 grotto, grotto. to the grotto I also made fridge magnets for everyone to take home to remember the experience. I was not letting people forget this Christmas <laughs> and um, that's been a, a growing trend with each attraction. I have made a magnet to go with it and it's really quite cool when I go over to my family's house and I look on their fridge and I see a collection of fridge magnets from all the attractions that I've made. If you want to put visuals to all the things that I'm talking about, then you can go onto my YouTube channel, The Joy Sequence, or you can go to thejoysequence.com where you can look at all of the attractions that I've done. Each of them have got a video and pictures. I've also written blog posts on there about the making of them. So you can look through that as well if you want to get some more information. I'm trying not to say the same things on this podcast as the things that I've written in the blog post as to not be repetitive. So I think I've covered everything about the grotto there. It's time to answer your listener questions. Mark asks, How can we experience it? You can experience it through YouTube and my brand new Instagram story highlight, The Grotto. Aroma Prime asks, What kind of smells would the grotto have had? Okay, so at this point I had no idea that smells were actually a thing that I should be considering in my attractions. I learnt quickly and have since used Aroma Prime smells for my attractions. However, the grotto was scentless. I'm going to go onto the website and see what smells I feel could be appropriate for the grotto. All smells? Burning and smoking I'm feeling might be quite appropriate because it was all about fire and the Krampus throwing kids into the fire. We have bonfire, burning peat, burning plain. Maybe not burning plain because that might be a little bit mechanical. 
and I want it to be quite natural or maybe a little bit enchanted as well. Fireworks could be very interesting but I think it would be too particular of a smell and bring back too much association. Old Smithy. Ooh, that could be the one. The burning scent of a working rolling fire with metallic notes. Ideal for creating a historical backdrop. That could work very well. I think the metallic notes could almost be kind of like blood-like. Blood Let me just look in the fantasy section. Oh, Burning Witch. That could be... Mm, dragon's Breath. Volcano. The frightening aroma of sulfur, exploding lava and black clouds of ash. That could be perfect. If I redo the grotto, then I'm obviously going to be using these scents. I will be getting samples and finding the right one. Ryan asks, Have you ever accidentally called the police? Yes. A couple of years ago, I dropped my phone and it smashed and broke. The screen was black and unresponsive. Amidst the panic of trying to get something to happen, I pressed the lock button a lot of times frantically trying to get something to happen. Like click, 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 click. Nothing happened. And a few seconds later, from the speaker of the phone, I heard 999 watch the emergency and I was like hello hello you're through to the emergency am I is there an emergency I don't understand I don't understand sorry uh, sorry I, I'm, I'm like I must have called you by accident I, really, I don't understand what's going on is this is this a dream is my phone possessed is this a hallucination okay so can you confirm there's not an emergency yes there's no emergency sorry so sorry this has been a mistake I pressed my pressed something on my phone by accident okay but I'm gonna need you to hang up the call I can't do that, sorry. I'm going to need you to hang up the call to confirm this is not an emergency. I'm so sorry, like, this is not, I can't, I can't hang up the call. My, the phone on my screen is broken. I, like, this is not, I can't, I can't. Charlie and Leah both ask. What would you go back and change about the grotto? Now, nothing really, because at the time when I was making it, I did what I wanted to do as well as I could and put as much into it as I wanted to because it was just a thing for my family. There was no joy sequence, there was no concept of it being big or going bigger or better than anything else because it was the first one I did. However, if there was one thing, I would look for better fake snow because I bought some packets of fake snow and it was garbage. It didn't do anything. It was like bits of powder on the floor that disintegrated. It did nothing. It was like little pieces of polystyrene on the floor. Lizzie asks, Were there any elements of the grotto you weren't happy with? I bought a hundred candy canes to scatter all over the floor to give you the unsettling sensation of walking on crumbled candy canes and the candy canes came and they were infinitesimal they were way too small like half the size that i wanted and they ended up all just shoved into the corner when i asked people no one knew that candy canes were in there phyllis asks if you were to reproduce the grotto today what would you do differently now this is a fantastic question because obviously as I've gone on and made more attractions, looking back at the grotto, I can see that it is very, very simplistic. It was a bit bland. There wasn't too much in the story. Theming was minimal. But obviously I think it's really nice to be able to look at that and see how I've improved. So if it was gonna be done again today, it would obviously be go hard or go home, better than joy, better than pest control, better than guilt trip. The, the mask on the wall of the Krampus, I would want huge maybe even some projection mapping with some smoke coming out of its mouth i'd want to look at fire effects in fact this is really getting me in the mood to redo the grotto hannah asks why is the monster from the grotto basically me before i've had a coffee in the morning why why is it basically me did you model it on me did you stalk me mm. i mean is it because you love me is it because i am 10 out of 10 fabulous or is it because you think i'm a monster uh, I mean, excellent question, and I have consulted the person that made that mask, my friend and artist Chartreuse, 
Her real name's Charlie, and she has sent me the following quote. After you approached me about making a piece for your attraction and supplying me with various different source material, I found which pieces you liked the most from each design to get an idea of the type of thing you were looking for. After I had a glimpse at your vision, I was able to sketch an idea to see if I had the right style and then begin working and you approved it. I decided that since it was going on the wall and was being a key piece, it felt natural to make it 3D. This was something that, although hadn't been conveyed in the source material you gave me, I definitely thought it would show my style of work within the piece. Throughout the process of sketching and painting, I made sure to check whether it was going the right direction that you liked, tweaking bits such as colour so it would match the other props you had. Thank you, Chartreuse. Now on the line, I have Ella, who's here to ask me a live question. Hello, Ella. Hiya. What do you have for me? Well, I got a little uh, missile that game for you. All right. Okay, so we'll start easy. Potentially divisive, who knows? Pepsi or Coke? Oh, Coke, no question. When I go to a restaurant and I ask for a Coke and they say, is Pepsi okay? I'm not a fan of that. I ju- I, people are always like, oh, what? there's no difference. But I really can taste the difference. Coke is kind of like caramelly and, and tastes like cake. And then Pepsi is very citrusy and sort of tastes like salt. So Coke. Did you just say Coke <laughs> tastes like cake? I feel like it's got that kind of like caramel cake kind of vibe. I'm a Pepsi Max girl myself. Oh. <laughs> Summer or winter? Ooh. If you'd have asked me this a few years ago, I would have said winter, but over the last few years, I've been enjoying my summer, so I'm going to say I've I've transformed to summer. Waffles or pancakes? Okay, so I'm assuming you mean sweet waffles. Yes, not like potato waffles. (laughs) (laughs) I love potato waffles. I'm going to say pancakes because I had pancakes for breakfast this morning with raspberries all mashed up on top and it was delicious. That sounds divine. Oh wait, honey as well. I had some honey on there. It was very good. Coffee or tea? This may surprise you, but I neither. Me I just too. Don't... Really? I hate hot drinks. I think we're really rare. It's not that I don't... I, I like the taste, especially coffee. I really like the taste of coffee, but it just makes me feel unwell whenever I drink it for some reason. I think it's something to do with the, I don't know, the caffeine maybe, the hot milk. It just kind of sends me west a little bit, so I just don't drink it. Cats or dogs? Absolutely. If you if you knew me, you'd be laughing at how much this is not even a question. Take a guess. I don't know. Absolutely. No dispute. Dogs. I love my dogs and I hate my cats. I really don't like cats. And plus, it doesn't help that I'm allergic to them. Same. <laughs> I just I just don't like the claws and the way they climb up curtains and the way they, they see ghosts and they make weird noises. I'm, I'm just all about dogs. I love that. Right, now we're into the, the, the theme park section. Ooh, okay. Disney or Universal? I mean, I've not been to either yet, sadly. It, it's definitely on the agenda in the future. From an outside perspective... I, oh, it's hard. I'm, it is hard. It's really hard, especially because I've not been to any. Let me think, let me think. I'm led to believe that the Disney parks are a bit more magical. Yeah, I can believe that. You've been? Have you been to them? I've, I've only been to Paris. Right. Slightly biased towards Disney. <laughs> yeah. Do you imagine that if you went to Universal, it would change that? I don't know. There's definitely some rides at Universal that I think I'd fall in love with. But Disney holds a very special place in my heart. Yeah. I feel like in terms of the IPs, 
I'm probably going to be potentially more interested in Universal, actually. Mm. That's a really hard question. Well done. I'm speechless. <laughs> Log flumes or rapids? Oh, another good question. That's hard as well. I suppose it depends what log flume and what rapids for example the rapids at alton towers suck the log flume at fantasia land is incredible but i could then flip that and say the rapids at fantasia land are incredible can you think of somewhere where there's a rubbish log flume uh maybe blackpool pleasure beach another rug rats one. Oh, okay that's really hard um I, I, i'm aware that i'm really dancing around your questions i'm gonna say does hmm I'm gonna say, when I'm on a rapids ride, I am very tense throughout because of the whole, you don't know which way the boat's gonna face. And that does bring a lot of fun. So I think I'm gonna say rapids. Good choice. <laughs> nemesis or Nemesis Inferno? I don't like either, to be honest. I'm not, I, <laughs> I believe this to be quite an unpopular opinion. I don't like B&M inverts, I've decided. To be honest, actually any invert, because they, they're very, very, focused on positive g-force and i don't really enjoy that i i don't like the the sensation of it and whenever i ride nemesis i tend to feel a bit ill after it i'm much more a fan of floaty rides airtime kind of rides i just find that much more of a a thrilling experience i love i love a floaty ride if i had to choose i'd choose a floaty ride over a like you said just the positive g-force for me i think the the idea of being able to float in the air is extremely you know out of this world and something that you can only really experience on a roller coaster or in a spaceship so to me a roller coaster that allows you to float is amazing so i always, i would much prefer that than than a forceful than a forceful ride yeah right roller coaster tycoon or planet coaster oh that's hard that's that's a mean question because they're not comparable i don't think roller coaster tycoon is the most nostalgic thing for me probably ever if you listened to the first episode of the podcast i do actually talk about it a little bit how i first started playing it and then i actually after a while started to realize that what i was making in the game was a real life concept and rides and roller coasters do exist in parks so that for me is a, holds a very very special place in my heart however i can really appreciate that planet coaster is an incredible game for building theme parks and building roller coasters not so much with the roller coasters because it's got that issue with the like transition smoothing so you can't really make fantastic looking povs but in terms of being able to construct an environment it's unbeaten as far as i'm aware so again i can't answer that one <laughs> yeah, 100% a great roller coaster tycoon hours and hours spent playing that with my big brother and my big sister oh absolutely so many memories right and last one Orton towers or thought park that's easy for me Orton towers Orton towers is my home park i've been there countless times and i've been to thought park once you know i'm, I'm gonna say Orton towers without without hesitation i'm with you Orton Towers. Yeah. I'm probably very similar to you. Orton Towers, it's one that I've gone to like since I was a baby. My mum and dad went on their honeymoon there and bought us kids. I was one. Oh my god, your parents sound cool. Oh, they're the coolest. <laughs> Is that all the questions? Yeah. That was so much fun, thank you. 
You're so welcome. Do you want to plug yourself to my listeners? You've got a really, really good blog. I- I'll vouch for this. I've I've been reading it for a long time, and it's really, really good. You can really feel the passion and the enjoyment that you have whilst writing these blog posts, and you can just see that you don't do them for clicks and likes. They they come from you, and they're for you. You are the sweetest thing. Uh, my blog is Mission Theme Park. If anyone wants to have a look, missionthemepark.home.blog. And on Twitter, your mission theme park is that right? Yep. And on Instagram, I'm Ella M M T P. Give her a follow. She's fab. Thanks so much, Ella. You're welcome. So all in all, my vision came to life. Everyone enjoyed it. I enjoyed making it, and I got it into my head that well, I threw this together quite precariously and, and quickly because I wasn't really sure what it was going to be like. And I decided to do it quite close to the date that people were coming round, so I didn't have all that much time to to really put that much into it. But I thought, I can make something better than this. I can come up with my own story, my own theme, and spend longer on it and make it make it better. So that's exactly what I did. And I decided quite quickly after the grotto that I was going to make a second one. And I came up with the story of pest control. You are about to undergo a four-stage extermination process. High level safety suits and ventilation masks must be worn at all times. Pest Control was the second attraction that I did. I grew on everything that I learned and took from the grotto to make it better. It had actors inside, I had costumed people. I put a lot more attention into the visual side of it and the audio side of it. It had a more complete soundtrack, it had various different media such as delay announcement. However, I'm going to talk about that in the next episode of this podcast which is going to be all about Pest Control. So until then, thank you for listening and I will, well, you will hear me in the next one.